Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. These are the prison epistles. C.S. Lewis wrote Voyage of the Dawn Treader as part of the Narnia series. And in that book, uh, there's one character named Eustace. Now, Eustace is uh, he's just kind of a spoiled brat. You come through the first part of the novel, uh, and Eustace is just a terrible, terrible little kid. Um, and at one point, Eustace uh, sneaks away from the rest uh, of his party and, uh, and sneaks off on his own to discover this dragon treasure. And he's so excited in his greed. He's thinking about all the things he's going to be able to do with this treasure, and he's going to hoard it and sneak away with it. Uh, and he starts to put some of it on. He puts these bracelets on his arms. And, and in his joy and in exuberance, he actually falls asleep just in the midst of this treasure, like Scrooge McDuck style. Uh, and he wakes up in the morning uh, to discover that he's become a dragon. You know, he's this big dragon with this thick, scaly skin. And, and he's, he's, he, he's, he's ashamed of it. He's terrified. And he's clawing at himself. And there's nothing that he can do to get this skin off. He's stuck as a dragon. Um, eventually, Aslan shows up to him, and as we know, Aslan uh, is, is the Jesus character in, in the Narnia series. Um, and Aslan calls him, calls Eustace to peel off the skin, and Eustace just sort of desperation says, I can't, I've been trying. Uh, and so here we have a, a little excerpt from Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Um, I was afraid of his claws. So this is Eustace speaking about Aslan. I can tell you, but I was pretty nearly desperate now. So I just lay flat down on my back and let him do it. The very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. The only thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. We have Eustace in this dragon skin and Aslan, Jesus, peeling it off of him. Lewis's friend, um, Tolkien, actually accused C.S. Lewis of making his allegories too obvious. Uh, I'm thankful that Lewis did, because then I can understand them. Uh, but, but we have here a really obvious illustration for this process known as sanctification in our faith. Sanctification is taking off the sin in our lives, shedding it off and putting on holiness in its place, about, about removing, walking away from, and putting on uh, basically a Jesus image. And so we have here, Eustace can't do it on his own, and sanctification is this process that we actually engage God and, and, and us do together, that Jesus engages this process in our life of, of peeling the sin off of us and setting us free uh, from the sin in our lives. See, there's an expectation we see uh, as Christians is that, that we, we are saved by grace through faith, but that we need to begin to look like that which God has already made us. And that is this ongoing process known as sanctification. And, and a huge piece of that is, is even just acknowledging these areas, is spotting these areas that, that God wants to peel off. And we live in a culture where sometimes these things that the Bible confronts us with um, don't even just seem normal in our culture, but are sometimes celebrated. And almost like if you don't embrace this thing about yourself or, or whatever it is, this behavior you want, then, then you're, you're cheating yourself. But we, we come to Scripture and God says, no, you need to actually remove that. You need to peel it off. That's not who you are. 
that our faith is about uh, walking into this process of transformation. So we pick up the text in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17. Now this I say, and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Um, the Gentiles here being those who are far from God. They are darkened in their understanding and alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Um, Paul feels this pity uh, for those who don't know Jesus. And, and there's a theological truth there that, that unless that God has, has given us a new heart in this regeneration, that God gives us a, a new heart of flesh, that, that we can't actually hear or understand the truth that God is trying to tell us. So the, there's this broken aspect to it. Um, but he, he's calling to the Ephesians whose heart have been changed and, and who can hear the words of God to listen. They've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, uh, greed, uh, greedy to practices of every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Christ calls us out of something and into something different, that we're to look different than the rest of the world. Um, in the world, we see uh, this greedy pursuit of pleasure at all costs, and Paul is calling them away from that. Assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. It's this image of, of peeling off an old set of clothes. To, to not look like the rest of the world and put on something new and different in its place. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Um, Paul is speaking to a specific group of people, remember, here in Ephesus to a church, and he, he may be responding to issues that he's heard within the church, and one of those issues is anger. And, and now we know uh, that, that not all anger is sin. Um, Paul specifically says, in your anger, do not sin. And so, so there is an anger that's righteous when it comes to an anger about uh, sin itself, or an anger about injustice, or the effects of it. Um, but there's an unrighteous anger that he's calling them to step away from. It's this prideful anger, this, this selfish, wrathful kind of anger. He says, strip that off and put it away. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Um, so here, again, talking about a specific issue in that church of theft. And it might not just be like breaking and entering. Um, it, it, it could be um, just sort of laziness. It could be uh, stealing from an employer. Um, but he says that, that they need to peel that off and instead embrace working hard of doing the right thing in the right way over the right amount of time. Verse 29, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it might give grace to those who hear. So he's talking about their speech. Their speech should be building others up and not tearing others down. 
And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So he says, take off, and he gets into this list, take off bitterness, take off wrath, take off anger, take off clamor and slander, and in replacing it, take those things off and replace them, put on kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness. See, this idea of conversion is a daily process. It's not a prayer that we pray once and it's done, but rather this ongoing process daily of becoming more and more like Jesus. This conversion of, of taking off the old, removing these sinful ways, and, and putting on the new. And, and we have a small list here, um, but I think the list, if we look at what are, what are these issues that Paul is talking about, uh, I think they're issues of selfishness. Um, I mean, w- what is unrighteous anger but uh, but this selfish desire to perhaps try and grab what we want, or, or maybe it's injured pride, maybe it's envy or spite, uh, but there's who is the benefactor to, to our actions? In anger, if it's unrighteous anger, it's usually just us affronted and wanting our way. Paul says, shed that off, that selfishness. Or if it's theft, again, it comes down to that selfishness. What I want is more important than what you want. And so I'm going to take it. It's that self-centeredness. Or in our speech, the kind of speech that he's talking about is is, is the, the way that I speak to you about tearing you down and building myself up. Or is it about building you up and pouring into you and encouraging you? And so I think much of what this comes down to um, in this process of maturity, and that's what, what Paul is calling them to walk into, is to walk in maturity. We saw it earlier in Ephesians as well, uh, the, this idea of unity and maturity, uh, that his job is to try and help walk them into maturity. And much of this maturity is becoming less self-centered. I mean, even with my kids, that's what maturity is, is, is looking not just to their own interests, but to the interests of others. And it's the same for us, that, that God wants to call out these selfish areas in our life where we are self-centered, self-focused, at the expense often of others. And instead, as we're going to see, particularly in Philippians, talks a lot in Philippians about it, but putting the needs of others ahead of ourselves, pursuing the good of others. That is what it means to walk in this maturity of faith. That's what it means to be converted in this faith. The same image that Jesus himself modeled for us as he gave himself for us and calls us into that same life. And so Paul's prayer is that the people in Ephesus would walk in this kind of maturity, looking not just to themselves, their own interest, that self-centeredness, but putting the needs of others ahead of themselves. And so... um, That's an ongoing process. Like we talked even about uh, last week in confession uh, of having God expose those areas in our lives and and, and inviting Him to cut them away, to put them aside and putting on something new and, and, and holy in their place. And that's an ongoing process. That is a lifelong process that God wants to walk with us in of maturity. And so today, uh, the question is, um, is there something in particular that you know uh, that God is is poking perhaps and prodding at you, wanting to tear something away, some sinful impulse, something away out of your life? 
and replace it with something mature? What is that thing? And are you willing, like Eustace, to submit to that, even though it might be painful and often um, often God uses pain in these circumstances to peel away the selfish and sinful parts of us. Um, but when we follow him into it, he replaces it um, with holiness, with purity, and with life. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you love us enough to be patient with us. Thank you that you've gone before us and you've saved us, not because of what we've done, but because of who you are. And help us to walk, to follow you into maturity, that it would be an ongoing process where you peel away these layers of selfishness and instead replace them with maturity of faith. God, we thank you for the patience that you have to do that in us. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.